Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. It's me, Jordan, with Taylor and Jenna, as always. And we're here to break down some Penguins news, highlights, and just fun stuff in general. So the Penguins played the Blackhawks last night, and eerily similar to Saturday against the Wild, it went to a shootout, and they looked very bad in the shootout. They just... they. Taylor, I know that you have some uh, fun Penguins shootout facts to share with us. So why don't you hit us with those so we can weep together? Yeah, I mean, so they're they're zero and three in the shootout this season. Not ideal, but um, I mean, part of it it doesn't help that Crosby's out because Crosby has a forty percent success rate in the shootout like throughout his career. Um, but I mean, Gensel, he's a, he is, he's another one of their top guys too. You know, career wise, fifty four point six percent. He didn't score on his attempt against Chicago. That would have helped. Latang is another one of their, you know, typically top guys. He's at a 33.8%, you know, success rate throughout his career. He's been in all three shootouts, 0 for 3. But, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the biggest, like, the biggest issue is Jari. Um, Jari has faced 10 shots in the shootout. He has only stopped three of them. And it's hard to, you know, say what, what exactly is going wrong because, you know, coming into this season, his career save percentage in the shootout um, was 700, which is really right above league average when I looked into mm-hmm. for goaltenders in the shootout. I mean, he's down to 300 this season. Uh, so it's hard to, you know, say what, what needs to happen because he, he just needs to be better. I mean, some of these guys need to be yeah. scoring too. They need Crosby back, but I mean – Jari needs to be better. I know some people are like, you know, put the Smith and Cold off the off the bench, but that's that's they can do that legally. That's not against the rules, but I I don't think that would, that's the option. They just need Jari to be better. Yeah, and because okay, yeah, great, you put the Smith and whatever, but he's not the number one guy. Jari's still the number one guy, and he needs to figure out what's going on and how to how to stop shots in the shootout in the shootout. Like it just. You, you got to have that be part of your game. Ideally, the Penguins wouldn't allow so many of these games to, to go to shootouts. I feel like there have been an abnormally high uh, amount of – there has been an abnormally high amount of shootouts for, so far this season. But – so I wasn't able to watch the game last night. Jenna, did you catch any of it? What were some of your takeaways from how the team played as a whole? Because – Obviously, Saturday night they imploded at the in the third period and allowed Minnesota back in. But last night, Jeff Carter scored two goals to tie it up. So, what what are some of the similarities? What what were some good things that you saw from the Penguins last night to make that last that final push? Well, a game like last night is exactly the type of game you need from Jeff Carter, right? Just Mm -hmm. with everything. I feel like, I mean, the last couple weeks, obviously, the Penguins have been dealing with COVID on on COVID to the point where, I mean, it's like, again, we've talked about who they're missing and the team that you could have with all the guys that are missing. Thankfully, we're seeing some updates kind of come through. Um, Ruedel and Pedersen, Taylor, they were back um, on what's on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, there'll be game time decisions reportedly for Thursday's game. Yeah, yeah. good. You're going to need that against the Florida Panthers. My goodness mm-hmm. gracious. Um, 
But that is a game that you need from Jeff Carter where he kind of steps up and you're kind of seeing, I think what's been interesting that I've been noticing is he's starting to develop chemistry with Gensel that he kind of Mm. really, really needs, which is huge. Granted, obviously when Crosby comes back, you'd like to assume that Crosby and Gensel will be line mates once again, but that's the type of chemistry they need to develop in case something like this happens where you're Mm -hmm. without your captain, you're without your star center. You need that guy to step up. And that's exactly what Carter did. I thought the first goal that the two combined for where Gensel kind of like found um, Carter, where he got behind Seth Jones, that was beautiful. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what he's capable of doing. So they needed a performance like that. Obviously, I mean, the Blackhawks with a different coach now, kind of a change in regime type thing. Um, I think before the game, uh, Todd Reardon, who's filling in for Mike Sullivan right now, basically said that in what they've kind of watched and what they kind of pre-scouted that Chicago's played a lot stingier on defense. Taylor, obviously yes. you were at the game because yeah. that's when you kind of noticed with that, that they were a little bit stingier on defense. I mean, this clearly wasn't the same mentality or the same style of play that they had when the Penguins mm-hmm. saw them a couple weeks prior. Yeah, I mean, part of it was just that uh, they came out more energized, too. They had a better start. Uh, Carter said he noticed that, too, after the game, that uh, this team just seemed to have a lot more energy, more fight, you know, than they did the last time they saw them. But, yeah, more they were stingier defensively, especially on the PK. I mean, through those first two power plays the Penguins had, the Penguins were being outshot on the power play 2-1. to They ended up getting one in the third period where they did get a shot, so they finished uh two two in shots on the power play but again that's still not good uh, mm-hmm. yeah so chicago yeah their pk was really strong flurry was outstanding um but yeah i mean jeff carter it was funny i mean you mentioned like the the first goal the one with gensel and it was beautiful the setup from gensel it wasn't clear like from watching it what he was trying to do like was he trying because he was he just spin, you know spun around and threw it in that general direction, but like, was it supposed to be a shot? Was it supposed to be a pass? And I asked Carter after, like, were you anticipating that kind of setup from from Gensel? And he said we talked about the play, you know, before the drop, before we went out there. Um, and he said that was that was not what we were trying to do. But I saw him, you know, spin around and throw it, so I just tried to go to the net and get a stick on it. So not planned. That went up, you know, back of the net either way, but. Uh, yeah, good to see from Jeff Carter. That did move him into the top 100 goal scorers in league history. Um, that was goal, Heck yeah, career goal 401, 402. And it feels like he hits a new milestone, like a significant milestone <laughs> once a week. Because yes. he just played game 1100, um, he scored you know 400 not that long ago in Florida. But it feels like every week we're asking Jeff Carter about like a, a significant milestone. I asked him what this one meant, you know, to move into the top 100. And he said, you know, it means I'm old. And if I played a lot of hockey, he was like, okay, fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, good to see from him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because he doesn't seem to be slowing down at his age, 36. Um, much like Avril Levine, not slowing down. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yes. she just keeps going. However, unlike, apparently she's not Avril yeah, Levine. Unlike so. Avril Levine, they are not replacing Jeff Carter every couple yeah. of years with a body double. <laughs> <laughs> with a clone of Jeff Carter. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's been me, excellent. Like, aging backwards here with him? I think that might be. Maybe. Hey, that, it could be. But he, yeah, he looked good. I, I did see his goals. Uh, and I was at the game Saturday. But how how much of an impact is Mike Sullivan's absence on the bench having on this team? Because obviously you you want your head coach to be there and 
Is that something that is affecting the way that this team is playing throughout the course of the game? Yes, no, maybe. Eh. Jenna, would you would you say that? I think a little bit because I think, you know, obviously Reardon has been in this system for a while. Obviously he, you know, was in Washington for a little bit and then came back and he's worked so closely with Sullivan for so long. So obviously a lot of the key components of what the Penguins do kind of stay the same. But I think, you know, I don't want to equate it to like having a substitute teacher, but that's (laughs) a little sort of tiny bit of the feel that it Mm -hmm. has for me. And maybe I'm totally entirely wrong with that. So like, don't, that's just kind of what you see. But like, obviously with different people in that role, things are going to change a little bit. Um, I think if anything too, they want to, again, next man up mentality, kind of step up and say, all right, we're without him. What are we going to do to prove that, hey, we're still Mm -hmm. a very solid team. We can still play within our system. We're still very good and capable of winning games, closing out games, things along those lines. I, it's just wild to me. And I think it's like, like what, what's it going to be like when we see this team with what we thought this team was going to be from the start of the season, obviously before the Sid wrist surgery news, but mm-hmm. it's going to see what this team can do when they're all there and when they're head coach yeah. there. I feel like we keep talking about that, but I think that's going to be the most fascinating part for me because it's just been so interchangeable and we're a month into the season now. Yeah, which is crazy. The fact that it, it just flew. Like, oh my god, it feels like they were just opening up the season in Tampa Bay, but now here we are a month in and I feel like we would all probably agree that they're they're doing pretty okay given this given the circumstances with the amount of guys who've gone through COVID protocol and the key injuries to guys like Sid and Gino, who's out for at least another month. Taylor, do we have any updates on him? Is he still December at the earliest? Yeah, they haven't uh, given a, an updated timeline, but he has been back on the ice for a while now. They they have him on a schedule where he's on the ice a couple of days a week, off the ice a couple of days a week. So that's good to, to see from him, but it still seems like um, – you know, another month. But yeah, they are last in the Metro division right now. Um, but the Metro division is very tight. Uh, so I don't know if you could say better than expected. Now, if these three points that they left on the table in the shootouts, if they had those, they would be in fourth place um, mm-hmm. with a game in hand uh, over the Capitals. So again, it comes back to the shootouts like we were talking about at the beginning, that they really just mm-hmm. need to be better. Um, I mean, obviously would not be a concern in the playoffs because there are no playoffs but if the metro division is going to be there are no shootouts in the playoffs but if the metro division yeah. is going to be this tight you might not get to the playoffs you if you keep yeah. le- 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 you know leaving these points on the table especially right. now that it's going back to the old uh playoff format where mm-hmm. it's not the top four in each division you know the wild cards are back mm-hmm. so you might have you know two atlantic teams in those wild card spots yeah uh because that is a very strong division too so uh, yeah all in all you can't leave these these points on the on the table no, and yeah. they're at such a premium too, obviously, with the way that the division is right now. But it, it's just, you know, you, you th- I guess looking at Saturday's game and uh, Tuesday's game to me are kind of two different because Saturday, obviously, you blow the lead. You kind of give things up. You didn't need to go to overtime, whereas Tuesday, really resilient performance. You're down to nothing. You find your way to come back. You force overtime. You make it to the shootout. But they just need like that one or two more, those little extra plays, which probably mm-hmm. the small minuscule perspective of things don't seem like a lot. But again, that can be the difference between fourth place and last place in the division. 
Yeah, yep. I mean their effort in the third period against um, Chicago mm-hmm. was great because oh, when they yeah. outshot them twenty to five, uh, completely different team, you know, from the the first two periods. But right. uh, yeah, just a shame that they couldn't finish it out in the shootout because mm-hmm. that that effort in the third really was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can kind of take a look at how the division is shaping up through one month. So let we'll be right back. And we're back and we have all pulled up the division standings on our phones. I don't think it's surprising to anybody that Carolina is doing really well. Obviously, they've been trending upward for the past several years. And Rod Brindamore is just a fantastic coach. Uh, the real shock, though, we were kind of talking about that in the break. The New York Rangers, second in the division. What's going on with that? They have 17 points. Is there any explanation for this? I, I like. I know that they also have been trending in the right direction. They've they've drafted really well. They've developed really well. They've made some really key off season moves and in season moves and signings to keep guys like Chris Kreider. Like, but I feel like I was expecting them to at least be another year or two away from being this level of competitive. So what? What are they doing right? Yeah, I mean, personally, I haven't I haven't watched a ton of the Rangers just because um, I mean the Penguins haven't played them yet. But yeah, uh, yeah, they have just you know a lot of young guys coming up. I mean, Adam Fox, obviously, um, Kaka, who are just taking that next step. They're goaltending, um, and then you know Panarin. They they just have mm-hmm. a lot of these key pieces that are finally starting to come together that they've been collecting over the years, but. Yeah, I mean, I would. They did make some off-season acquisitions, notably to get tougher, you know, with like Reeves and Jared mm-hmm. Tenority. I don't think that's why they are where they are. Um, Reeves, just from seeing like the videos of him, I don't know. It seems like he's a good, really good locker room presence for them. I, he has like a tradition, I guess. Now the way he like leads them onto the ice, like he screams like release us after like whoever like the, the goalie is in net and I guess it gets the guys hyped. Um all right. I don't think that's why they're second in the division right now, but I, I think it's more of these young guys, you know, finally yeah. coming together and just taking the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do wonder how long it'll be consistent. Like I think that was everybody's yeah. biggest question was like, okay, they're gonna be good. They're gonna go on some stretches here. You feel like you always see that in the NHL. I feel like we always talk about the Sabres doing that. It's like, oh are the Sabres good? They're winning a couple in a row. And then it's, can they sustain that? Is this sustainable? I don't entirely know. I think mm-hmm. there's been a lot of surprises the first couple months, um, especially, you know, will the Rangers be able to kind of keep this momentum going will kind of be the biggest question for me. But Jordan, you touched on Carolina earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody like y- you got to hold on. You got to be able to catch them at least. I feel like they're just, what are they? They're 10, 0 and 1, 11. Yeah. 10, 0, t- sorry. 10, 10 and 1. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it was one of those, you kind of knew they were going to be at least a cup contender, at least a contender for the top of the division. And now you're just like, wow, they are playing really, Mm -hmm. really really good hockey. Freddie Anderson has been fantastic for them too, which, you know, they totally shifted their goaltenders in the off season. That was a big thing for them. But I mean, it is, the Penguins and the Islanders are tied at the bottom. That to me is just like, 
I don't know if anybody would have said that at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's like, hey, you knew Carolina was going to be up top, but would you have said the Islanders and the Penguins mm-hmm. would be tied at the bottom of the division right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. thought the Islanders would have finished. Well, I mean, it's still very early. They still could, that, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it could, would be near the top just because they really didn't make a whole lot of changes. Obviously, they lost Everly to Seattle, but they're also mm-hmm. getting back Anders Lee this season. I mean, so that alone kind of offsets that. They're getting back their captain. I don't know. But I, to me, the su- most surprising thing is Columbus right now being tied for fourth. Yeah. They, they were su- yeah. like, were they not supposed to be tanking like for Shane Wright? <laughs> People are expecting Shane Wright to end up in Columbus. Um, and they're seven and three. Again, I don't. Elv- Elvis has been really good for them. Elvis Merzlikens. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, you know, Patrick Laine um, seemingly getting it together. Yegor Chinikov, who we've talked about before, the Columbus, they big brain the the first round of the the draft. He was the guy that no one had heard of um, in Russia when when they announced it and kind of sent like the TSN guys into a panic because they're shuffling through the paper. And so like, I think he plays right wing Um, because Chinikov was projected to go in like the third or fourth round and Columbus took him in the first round. But uh, I guess Mm. they know what they were doing because... He's playing well for them. So I don't know. That that's one where I'm like, is this really sustainable? Because I feel yeah. like Columbus is still gonna bottom out at some point because mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't rule out them getting Shane Wright, who's supposed to go number one in the draft, but yeah, that's yeah. surprising. I think mm-hmm. it's fun too, just because again, we get back into a normal schedule this year. So it's not just the same yeah. teams playing each other yep. eight times. As much fun as that was last year, it's like, all right, we do get to see other teams. We get to see mm-hmm. Seattle. We get to see Vegas. You get to yeah. see Detroit and, you know, all mm-hmm. these teams versus, you know, let's play the same teams eight times again. <laughs> or like, oh like God, Florida, yeah. like they played Florida and that was like the, um, like first time they had seen Patrick Hornquist and I'm like I feel like he's been gone yeah. longer than that. Right. Or like or like Nick or yep. Nick Bukestad. That was the first time they've played mm-hmm. Nick Bukestad since he was mm-hmm. traded too when they when they played them. And I was like, I feel like Nick Bukestad's been gone for yeah. like three years. Like just that's that's what the schedule's been like. But Yeah, um, it's been super disorienting for sure. Crazy. In Florida, also, like I feel like we just have to talk about like the league as a whole a little bit, but like my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, yeah, they're quick. Oh my goodness, and overwhelming to play against. And that's who we play. That's the yeah, Thursday, Thursday, correct? Thursday. Yeah. It's the third game in a in a three game road trip for them. The first one was against the Rangers in New York. The Rangers went up four nothing. The the Panthers did end up kind of battling back with three goals. It they didn't force overtime, but um, still interesting to see. But then yeah, the next night they play New Jersey and they lose seven to three. Um, so I don't know what to expect to see from because the Panthers went into that game against New York undefeated in regulation. They were ten zero and one. Yeah. So and now they lose two real stinkers to to Metro Division teams. I don't know yeah. what to expect to see from them when they come into mm-hmm. um, Pittsburgh on Thursday. It should be interesting. You have to figure they're going to maybe have a little bit more energy after having these two bad losses. But um, and that game where they lost seven to three, Spencer Knight was in that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even like Poprovsky who's, who's been kind of unpredictable. So yeah. Yeah. Who knows what to expect? Yeah. This feels like, and maybe it's just me. This kind of feels like it has the makings of like a seven, three game. The other, Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just like, I mean, you like, you know how talented this team is and mm-hmm. obviously the Penguins have talent, but again, you're still kind of working people back. We don't know if Ruedel and Pedersen will play, how they're going to be yeah. in terms of them playing. Obviously they cleared the, um, cardiac screening. What was that Tuesday? I don't even know. What yeah. Day. Tuesday was the first day back on the ice. They okay. had their cardiac screening, then skated with Ty Hennis. Well, no, Ty Hennis was on the trip, but they skated on their own in Cranberry. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. yeah, so one full practice. I don't know. We saw, you know, with Aston Reese with his symptom that took him, you know, a couple practices to get back with Tang, who is a superhuman. Just, hey, yeah, the one full practice came back. It sounds like Ruedel and Pedersen, their symptoms were very mild. Pedersen said it felt like it's cold. Ruedel, he really just lost, I think, his taste and his smell. So it doesn't sound like Aston, because Aston Reese, it sounded like he was wiped out for, you know, several days. So, um, I guess hopefully for them that this one practice is all they need. Um, they're gonna skate Thursday morning, um, and then they'll make a determination then whether or not they can get into the game. Yeah. Okay. The only other team that I definitely wanted to touch on league wide is, of course, Edmonton because they're sitting atop their division with Connor McDavid just l- looking more and more superhuman every single day I don't I just I I can't say that I pay too close of attention to them because I don't really care about the Oilers (laughs) but the fact that they're nine and two right now uh and granted you know they're they're not in a division with a ton of really hefty talent but they're they are with Vegas and Calgary's doing really well I do do they look like a team that can sustain this level of success long term this season? Taylor, what do you think based on what you know of yeah. the Oilers? I mean, I think they'll win the division, but then I think they'll probably also be like a first, second round exit. Probably much like the Maple Leafs, you know, the Maple Leafs, they'll probably turn it around too. I just <laughs> don't know if they have the pieces to make a, a long mm-hmm. playoff run. They have, you know, the stars, but beyond that, the supporting cast is not that strong. Yeah, kind of weak. Yeah. yeah. It's tough because you obviously want to rest your laurels on McDavid and Dreisaitl, but how often and how frequently can you yeah. do that when you need uh, who, I forget who it was in net for Edmonton, but wasn't that the goal the other day where he basically shot it into his own net as he was trying to clear it? And I want to say it was Calgary or maybe I'm, Oh, I, saw, I saw the highlight. I know you're talking about yeah. yeah. <laughs> go, go look that up. I want to say, oh, this is going to drive me nuts. Well, the McDavid goal, the one that looked like he's playing a completely different sport than everyone else because of what he's <laughs> able to do. What, that was against Unreal. New York. Where he just went through four guys like it's nothing. It's like McDavid and this, the Rangers or whoever. that I think it was the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, they're in different leagues. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, but no. again, he yeah he can do that you know all regular season. But does the team have the pieces to make a run mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now? I don't know. Yeah, um, probably not. Cody CC though they got Cody CC. So <laughs> there uh, there is that. England's <laughs> legend Cody CC. He's yeah he's the only piece you need really. We're talking about Connor McDavid. Cody CC will single handedly carry them to the cup. Watch <laughs> you watch book it. Uh, <laughs> Let's take another break. We'll be right back.
And we are back once again with the updates that you really have been waiting for. Mustaches. Which first, <laughs> just just really quick, we were talking once again in the break. Mustaches are back. It's not just Jason Zucker and Brian Rust who are doing this mustache thing for the month of November. They're trendy again, and we don't know why. I, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Not a clue. I'm I'm very 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 confused and I wish it would stop but it won't. So I I guess we just have to find ways to cope because I am I the only one who is like please make the mustaches stop. <laughs> well that's like remember Ricola came into training mm-hmm. camp with like a crazy one and like I remember her all looking at him like what why did he do that and I think I think that was the first question he got like when he spoke during training camp like what's up with the mustache I don't know and anytime Ricola speaks with us with the media it it's just a really weird experience because he's very low-key he's funny but I don't know. It's just hard to get a read on him. Like he, he doesn't he doesn't show many emotions. But he's like just uh, just to give people something to talk about. We're like what? Like he he makes these jokes, but like he it's just very matter of fact. Like he grew a mustache as a conversation starter. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so we're seeing a lot for like November. But yeah. well, then I guess also mustache boy Dominic Simone and Casey DeSmith current mustache boys for the next ten days. But. Um, <laughs> Also, just mustaches are back, so I guess it's not that bad to lose the mustache boy shootout because then you're just trendy. Yeah. I'm all for for the Movember because I feel like you see that a lot in the hockey world. I don't see it as much. I feel like it is very hockey-centric, maybe. I Mm -hmm. I don't see it in football. You know, honestly, we need, like, Movember across sports. Like, just, just, Mm -hmm. like, level the playing field. But it is really, really cool. We were kind of talking before um, with what – um, Brian Rust and Jason mm-hmm. Zucker are doing. Basically, they're kind of doing a little head-to-head competition for November. For Rust, it's really kind of close to his heart. His dad, mm-hmm. Steve, uh, overcame prostate cancer, so he wanted to get involved. Um, and then I guess uh, Zucker came to Rust and was like, you want to do something? Let's team up against each other. Let's raise some money. So they're kind of like, I mean, Taylor, you're actually, you're at practices and you're in the press conferences a little more. Um, you're seeing kind of these guys, like they're trying to woo their teammates. They're trying to be like, yo, like, yeah. I donate to my side of things. Yeah. Cause they're selling these t-shirts. It's kind of a competition who can sell the most shirts with the proceeds benefiting, you know, the, this kind of cancer research, but then, the loser in the t-shirt race also has to donate money. Right now I'm looking at it like Zucker is up to 253 shirts. Russ is up to 383. So it looks like Russ is going to win. But like we were saying, like, uh, Kapanen, Kapanen talk. And he's like, you know, they're trying to convince me to come to their side. And like, we're seeing on the, the Penguins social media, like Jeff Carter posing in his Russ shirt. In front of Russ <laughs> endorsing Brian Russ. This picture of Zucker shaking Rodriguez's <laughs> hand. Rodriguez looks very serious in this picture, like endorsing Jason Zucker in the mustache race. So um, I don't know. It's I, I voted third party for Ricola, so I don't think uh, it's going to make a much of a dent. But, but why does that have like big Jason Zucker for town council vibes right there? It, it really does. I don't know. Oh my I saw God. 
We make those shirts. I saw his his <laughs> wife making fun of his mustache on like Twitter, Instagram, or something That's like awesome. that. Um, his wife is really funny, Carly uh, Zucker. If you look her up on yeah. Twitter, yeah. I actually followed her on Twitter like before they even traded for him, just because she's so funny. And I she's remember, hilarious. Well, I remember, but when they traded for him, his first game here, she tweeted something. She tweeted. Like, oh, off to, uh, she, I guess she had Brett Michaels tickets that night. And then she tweeted, like, off to Pittsburgh for the only man who could get me away from, you know, Brett Michaels, dot, 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 Sidney Crosby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, when I introduced myself, like, to Zucker, I was like, hey, I love your wife's Twitter. I loved her tweet today. And he's like, what did she tweet? <laughs> like, I told him. Oh, he's like, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, she's amazing. Yeah, she's really funny. But um, speaking of wives' Twitters, Jeff Carter's wife. I he so yeah the fruit yep. snacks finally arrived. She posted a picture. I can pull it up. Um, she posted alongside their dog for scale. No idea what kind of dog that is, but it was like three dogs worth of fruit snacks. <laughs> three dogs. <laughs> Based that's off a the, lot of fruit snacks. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's so funny. They sent him like a massive case of fruit snacks. Alongside this dog. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, I love it. So uh, you have a chance to use a dog for reference, for size reference? Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she said dog and pick for size reference. Again, don't know what kind of dog that is. Um, so, no frame of reference. Some kind of shih tzu or something? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But hard, hard yeah. to say. Good for, good for Jeff Carter. He gets those fruit snacks. And then he goes on okay. to, to move into the top 100 goal scorers in NHL. Big week uh, for him. History. So, big week for Welches. Like, look at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, my God, they are very blessed. There's a correlation. However, all of a yeah. sudden, Welches <laughs> drive. He surpasses, you know, the least 100. Just saying. It's a beautiful partnership. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. But it's yeah, it's good. it's awesome what they're doing with the with that little mustache face off thing. That's that that sounded so so degrading. That little mustache thing <laughs> that they're doing it's so adorable. The the way that they're raising money for for those causes is really incredible, and I think it's so cool when players get creative and have fun with it too, because that does. It once again kind of opens the door for us to see their personalities. And I think that that is, is really awesome. Before we go, Taylor, can you just give us a quick update on the prospects, how they're looking uh, in, in the AHL, how, how guys are playing elsewhere across the Penguins organization? What's going on with all of those guys? Honestly, the biggest highlights uh, also elsewhere, not in Wilkes-Barre, Wheeling, have been the two goalies over in Europe, Cali Klang and then um, Joel Blomquist. They're both in backup roles in their respective countries, uh, Klang in Sweden and, and Blomquist in Finland, but the games they've gotten in, they've done really well. Blomquist, he's been, he's, as of Wednesday, he's played in four games. He's only allowed two goals. He went like 134 minutes straight without allowing a single goal. Um, mm. Very good to see from him. But again, both of them, they're kind of behind more established um, veteran players in, in their teams. Um, both will be looking. So both made the world cha- world junior rosters last year. Neither of them played. They were their backups or third goaltenders. Now, and they were under um, underaged for for that. Tor- it's a U twenty tournament. They mm-hmm. were they were eighteen. So accomplishment on its own to even make that tournament. 
they will be looking to make the tournament as the starters this year. The Four Nations tournament uh, between Czech Republic, Finland, Sweden, and Russia, I want to say, gets underway in two days. Um, and that's just kind of a, a pre-tournament for the World Juniors where these guys will look to fight for their spots. And both Blomquist and Klang will be playing in those tournaments. So nice. it'll be interesting to see from them. But right. in Wilkes-Barre... So, I don't know, all leading up to this season, I'm talking about Felix Herbert. Everyone needs to start following Felix Herbert. I did, like, a one-on-one with one on one with him in development camp. I still think, like, no one was taking it seriously. Like, oh, this little 5'8 guy, HL contract. He's currently leading the team in goals. Like, he's tied for oh the team God, in yeah. goals. So, awesome. Um, when we're recording, Wilkes Barre is about to about to play, and uh, he got bumped up to the top line. He he was playing Amazing. in a third line, fourth line role leading up to this. So limited minutes, still leading the team in goals with four in eight games. Uh, got bumped up to the top line now. So uh, who's surprised? Not me. Probably everyone else <laughs> because they didn't listen to me. Uh, Felix Herbert reminds me a lot of Max Talbot. Um, he's very feisty, mm. little guy. He when he was on the fourth line, he's the one getting into the fights with like bigger. He's like actually gotten into fights a couple times now, and it's like he only fights guys that were like six two, and he's again <laughs> five eight. Oh my and god! And I, yeah. I asked about that at development camp, and I was like, "You're only fighting guys like a lot bigger than you." And he's like, "Honestly, he's like, I don't look. He's like, if they, if I see them hit like one of our guys, I'm just, I'm just in there." <laughs> like, wow. So, I don't know. I just love his his energy. JD Forrest, the head coach, calls him a water bug. Uh, very hard on pucks. He's the guy that if they're uh, going for a six on five situation, pulling their goalie and you know trying to tie the game up he's if he's not already on the ice he's going to be that sixth guy coming Mm. onto the ice um and it's paid off for them before where i think the first time they they had a six on five situation they put him out there and and he scored the the goal to uh, tie it so um and he's so he's tied for the team leading goals with valtteri pustinen uh again not very surprising and again another undersized guy i think um you know he's coming from finland it's his first year over in uh, North America, I think there are maybe concerns about how he would adjust to the game, just, you know, physic- dealing with the physical side of the game because the mm-hmm. North American style is a lot more physical than Europe, and he is a smaller guy. He's very fast, very skilled, but, uh, you know, how is he going to adjust to that? He seems to be doing just fine. Uh, he's been one of their, their best forwards. He's also on the, the top line uh, down there. Uh, I know Sullivan said during the preseason, you know, they're concerned with maybe how he'd handle the defensive game um just coming over jd forrest said he's been <laughs> he's been making progress every day with that um hasn't really seemed like an issue he's uh making plays breaking up passes from opponents so uh and that's the kind of stuff they need these because pustin was mm-hmm. a seventh round pick were bear undrafted on an ahl contract they haven't had very many high draft picks and so they need these guys yeah. to kind of come out of nowhere really yeah. pay off but Good to see from them. Uh, honestly, Hollander, a little underwhelming, I'll say. Um, Poulain, Legre, I'm pretty sure when we're talking, they each have two goals. Um, they've been all right. Poulain uh, doesn't look that fast. Legre definitely does look fast. And I did talk to Legre the other day just about adjusting, and he said for him the biggest thing the coaching staff wants him to work on is just his play in the defensive zone. Uh, making mm. smarter decisions, but uh, overall, JD Forrest seems really impressed with his game and Poulin's game too. But I don't know. Legram was so so funny. Like 
I, I like asking these guys going pro for the first time, like, just what's what is it like not living with billets anymore? Because, you know, billets, you know, they'll cook for you. Maybe do your laundry if you're, you know, with a billet family that does that. Oh, my um, goodness. Living on your own. Because sometimes the guys will be like, I don't know how to do my laundry and, like, <laughs> like, and stuff like that. But I asked Lake Ray and he's like, He's like, oh, it's great. He, he, I guess he, he said he knows, how, he knows how to cook. Like his billets taught him how to cook. But uh, he said, you know, living on your own now, he's like, it's great. He's like, you can do whatever you want. He's like, him and his roommate, same hood. He's like, we watch Netflix during dinner. He's like, you know, normally if you book your billet, <laughs> you'll, you'll sit around the table like as a family. And he's like, but we watch Netflix during dinner. So then uh, oh he's God. like, um, he's like, He's like, you can do whatever you want. He's like, you can, like, if you want to stay two hours late after practice, you can do that. You can do whatever. So, like, Laker is big, uh, you know, living as a pro is just staying at the ring for a couple hours later than, than he needs to. And then watching Netflix uh, after cooking dinner. That's but, a party um, animal. Yeah, I mean, Worse. his work ethic, JD Forrest spoke really highly about Laker, his work ethic, too, how he's asking for a video asking for questions really asking all those kinds of questions and I, like the the time i talked to him uh later, it was after practice and like i had to wait you know like a long time because he wasn't getting off the ice um so i don't know another maybe another teddy bluger because teddy bluger is always the last guy off the mm-hmm. ice um pio joseph is like that too when when he's up here i remember during uh when he was up last season a couple of times you know the zamboni doors would open and pio would go over and like negotiate with the Zamboni driver like can I just get a couple more minutes and then like a trainer or an equipment person would come out and be like Pio you gotta get off the ice <laughs> like he's the only yeah. out there well after everyone so um I don't know, love to see that that kind of effort mm-hmm. from, from the young guys but yeah Le Gray seems like he's another one of uh that, that awesome. time so um and then Lindbergh we I have to mention uh, the goalie that they, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a free agent, uh, AHL goaltender of the month for the month of October. Awesome. Um, he went 4-0 in October, crazy numbers. Um, he did get pulled right in his first start in November. was not his fault. Four goals he let in. The one went off of a defenseman. The other three were power play goals that really he could not be faulted on because Dang. somehow Volksberg's PK left Providence wide open for all three goals. So Lindbergh, another... Uh, really great, really great start. So, um, a lot of things to look forward to down in uh, Wilkes-Barre, Europe, wherever this year. Love that. That's super exciting. And yeah. uh, Felix Robert, put him, yeah, put him on your board. Start Jeez. listening to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> read my stories. Listen, to, look up who this kid is. I feel like I'm still the only one talking about him. Because um, you know, guys have come into the organization on AHL contracts before and mm-hmm. earned. Mm-hmm. NHL contracts become NHLers. Carter Rowney comes to mind. Casey yeah. DeSmith did it. Casey DeSmith came into the organization on an ECHL contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, started out as Wheeling's third goaltender for a couple of months. So uh, he didn't even play his first pro game until December. So these guys that come in kind of under the radar, they can become you know full-time NHLers. Yeah. And Felix Robert, uh, probably next one to get a, uh, an NHL contract, if you ask me. He's definitely earned it. All right. Keep an eye on him. Uh, as always, everybody, uh, this has been this has been awesome. Thanks for listening to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening and join us again next Thursday at 2 p.m. for another episode. We'll see you then.